0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sports IQ with Michael Scott. Today, we're going to be looking through all the MOB teams, seeing what they've done wrong, what they've done right, how they can make things work, and what is not working out for them. However, there are 30 teams in the MOB, and that would take a while, so I'm going to split it up into a National League episode and an American League episode. I'm going to upload the American League today and the National League coming soon. And then at the end, I'll give a prediction of where I see the team ending up by the end of the season. So for this, I'm going to go by division. Start off with the AO East and the Central and the West. Every time you hear the ding, you know it's the next team. It's about to be a minute to a minute and a half per team, so get ready because we're about to go fast. Kicking off our podcast, we have the New York Yankees, straight out of the American League East. The Yankees are currently sitting at 74-48, and 48, an 8.5 lead over the Rays in their division and a 9-game lead over the Jays. They're on track for their 6th straight playoff season and their 27th straight winning season. They are in their division, and they have the second-best record in the MLB. However, things have not been going as well for the Yankees. At the All-Star break, the Yankees were 64-28, and, and since then, they've been 14-20. Two against the A's, two against the Mets, and one against the Jays. And they're in a series with Oakland right now, and after that, they're going to be heading to Los Angeles to play the Angels. After, the Angels are going to go back to reality. The Yankees are in the hardest division in baseball, and that means playing hard team. Previous to this five-game win streak, they were 4-14 four and 14 in August. They lost series against the Mariners, Cardinals, Mariners again, Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays. And it is their first time losing six series in a row since 1995. The Yankees are still a great team for the season. They're first in home runs with a total of 200. A lot of that thanks to Judge. They're also top five in on-base percentage, RBIs, slugging, and OPS. However, in the last 30 days, these top five statistics have gone down to around 12th and 13th. Their pitching also excels as they are third in ERA behind only the Dodgers and the Astros. However, in the last 30 days, they're 21st in ERA. There's no doubt the Yankees have fallen off a cliff since the off star break, and now we're going to look at why. Firstly, is the batting. Aaron Judge is incredible. He bats 297 and leads the league in home runs, RBIs, OPS, slugging, and he's a Golden Glove fielder. Now, he has not slowed down. After the off star break, he still has the most home runs in the MLB, the highest OPS, and he's batting 336. LeMayu, as the second best average on the team, and is also continuing to hit well. Trevino has even upped his average from 271 to 305 since the all star break. Now, here's where the problem comes in. Matt Carpenter, Gleyber Torres, IKF, Stanton. IKF's on a small decline. He's also made 11 errors in the field, which is hurting the Yankees. Towards this streaky hitter, he's hit 198 since the all-star break. Matt Carpenter's heroics of the Yankees were short-lived. He did not play a lot of games, but he bat 3-5 and he had the highest slugging on the team. Stanton is third in the team in home runs, despite playing not nearly as, met, as nearly as much as everyone else. And getting him back soon will be a huge addition for the Yankees. Of course, his trade for Ben Attendi will help, and the arrival of the rookie Cabrera will also help. Now to look at the pitching. Garrett Cole leads the league with 200 strikeouts. However, this does not tell the full story. On the season, Cole has an ERA of 3.31 and a whip of 1.01. However, since the All-Star break, he has an ERA of 4.06 and a whip of 1.11. In addition, he's also 1-4 since the All-Star break. Cortez has continued to pitch well, but unfortunately, he has just entered the aisle for the Yankees, so he will not be playing now. Now, one of the worst declines for the Yankees would be Clay Holmes. Clemson has an ERA of 2.39 for the season, however, since the All-Star break, his ERA is a whopping 8.22. As a Yankees fan, I do think we'll still win the division, but we definitely need to clean up a few things before we do that. Now on to the Rays. Rays are 69-56, second in the AOE, sitting 8.5 games behind the Yankees, half a game above the Jays. They're currently the number one wild card, and they're on track for their four straight play- playoff appearance. However, this may be harder than imagined because they do have the second hardest schedule in baseball left. The teams they're playing have an average win percentage of .546. Now, their hitting is fine, but they excel with their pitching. Their batting necessarily isn't amazing, however, it's very deep, and they do have some studs like Randy Arozarena, Yanni Diaz, and the underrated DH Howard Ramirez. Juan is a big part of the team, unfortunately, he's hurt again, but this is where it starts to get crazy. The race pitching is lights out, and most of this is because of Shane McClanahan. Jim McClanahan is a top three pitcher in the American League. McClanahan has a 2.2 ERA, which is fourth in the league. And when he pitches, his team is 11-5. He also is the second best whip in the league at .86. And his 182 strikeouts are fifth, are good for fifth in the league. And just like they're hitting, their pitching deep. Even though Kluber isn't having his best year, Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rassman have picked him up. And with a good bullpen, you can bet the Rays are going to make a run for the playoffs. Next, we have the Toronto Blue Jays at 68-56 half a game behind the Rays, and nine behind the Yanks. They're currently the sixth seed in the playoffs, and they are a very good hitting team. They have the third best team average in the league at 262. They're top five in team doubles, on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Seven out of nine of their current stars are batting over 250. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has 78 RBIs. He's batting 283. He leads his team in virtually every stat. And get this, since the all break, he is batting 315 with an OPS of 910. Now, their infield is great in general. Of course, they have the breakout star Santiago Espinal batting 270, Bo Bichette at shortstop, and Matt Chapman at third. Now, Chapman is one of those starters that is not batting over 250. However, since the All Star break, he's batting 257, and he is a gold glove third baseman that really helps his team in the field. Of course, you can't forget Alexander Kirk behind the plate, who's one of 11 players batting over 303, and an amazing outfield trio. Of George Springer, Tiasto Hernandez, and Louis Guriel. Guriel's batting 295, and George Springer, the amazing fielder and hitter, the former World Series MVP, is batting 4.03 since the All-Star break. Now their pitching's fine, but could use some work. The big 6'6, 260 Al is on pace for an all-MOB team with a 2.66 ERA and 1.04 whip. The closer Jordan Romano has also been very good for the team. However, Kevin Galsman and Yuzi Kikuchi have not been performing as well as expected. Next we have the Baltimore Orioles. They're fourth in the AL East, but the AL East is not a normal division. Baltimore is actually over 500 at 66-59. and 59. This is refreshing for Baltimore fans, as the past five seasons, they were all sub-500, three of these being sub-400. Now, off the All-Star break, Baltimore is 51-51, but since they've been 15-8. and eight, They've won three straight series against the White Sox, Red Sox, and Blue Jays, and now they're only two and a half games behind a playoff spot. Now, their schedule is on the Harding side, but they have solid pitching and batting. And in the last 30 days, they've been top 10 in the league in base and on base percentage, slugging, OPS, RBIs, and more. Now, they don't necessarily have a star on offense, but Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo are sure fast. Mateo has, has a 28 stolen bases, good for second in the league. Cedric Mullins stole 26 bases, tied third in the league. He's also an amazing outfielder that has bat 301 since the break. Mateo's been batting 286 and leads the league with seven triples. Of course, outfielder Anthony Santander is leading the team in slugging, home runs, RBIs, and even more. And get this, since the officer break, his slugging is .531, which is amazing. And also, another key to their success, catcher Adley Ruchesman woke up and is now batting .299. Tyler Wells is hurt, but Trey Lyles has improved pitching. And they have an amazing closer in Felix Batista, who has a 1.62 ERA and a .84 win. And they also have a good set of relievers, led by Siono Perez. Fifth in the AL East, we have the Boston Red Sox. And the truth is, the injuries hurt. They're not a bad team, but Chris Sale and Nathan Valdi have just gone out. And of course, with their two superstars, anything's always possible. One of these being Rafael Devers. The third baseman bats 300 and has 25 home runs and 65 RBIs. He's fifth in slugging the league and sixth in OPS. And of course, his partner in crime, Alexander Bogart, bats 301. He's a great fielder, and he leads the team in on-base percentage and average. But you can't forget DH Shady Martinez. Who's batting 275, and his 36 doubles are good for fourth in the league. Now, since the Ulster break, Alexander Bogert's and Devers have regressed as Bogertz is now batting 257, Devers is batting 207. Alex Verdugo has popped up batting 336 and with an OPS of 862. The trade deadline also benefited Boston as they got Tommy Pham, who's batting 274. Now, even though Avaldi's hurt, they still have the underrated Michael Waka. Waka is 9 1, and since the Ulster break, his ERA is 1.93. And now we move on to the AL Central. The Guardians are currently leading the AL Central at 66 and 58. They've been 20 from 14 since the break, and they've taken control of the division from the Twins. They currently have a three-game lead on Minnesota and a, and a four-game lead on the Chicago White Sox. Now, this team is fast. They're fifth in League of Steals, but their hitting comes from only a few players. And their hitting comes from a few great players. One of these being Jose Ramirez. That's 283, and it's hit 37 doubles. These 37 doubles are 3rd best in the league, and his 104 RBIs are 4th best in the league. There's also a breakout season for Andres Gimenez, batting 3 of 4 with an OPS of 864, and of course, he's also a good fielder. Ahmed Rosario and Steven Kwan are also good batters, and provide additional hitting for a nority good team. Now yes, their hitting is good, but their pitching is probably even better. But their pitching is even better. They have formal Cy Young winner Shane Bieber, who's thrown 153 strikeouts and has a 1.56 ERA in the past 30 days. That it is it's far from their only good pitcher. Chris McKenzie is also having a great year with a, with a .95 whip, which is fifth in the league. And yes, their third starting pitcher, Kyle Quantrill, has a .78 whip in the past three days, which is fifth in the league. A pitching team can't be good without a closer, and they have one of the best closers in the league. Emmanuel Klaes has a 1.2 ERA and and has a league-leading 29 saves. And if you think that's impressive, since the Ulster break, he has an unreal .63 ERA and a .42 whip. Next, we have the Minnesota Twins. At the Ulster break, they were 50 and 44 and were in the division, but since then, the Guardians have passed them as they started to slip. They're second in the AL Central and three games behind the Cleveland. Now, they have a solid hitting team, but their pitching could use some improvement. Luis Arniz has a 322 average, which is third in the league. However, it's on a steep decline, and since the Ulster break, he's batting 279. Now, of course, you can't forget the incredible fielder slugger Byron Buxton. He bats .224, but he has Team leading 28 home runs. Carlos Correa and Gio Rochella are also batting well, 267 to 266. Unfortunately, Gary Sanchez is still batting in the low 200s, and Max Kepler has kind of plummeted with an average of .145 since the break. But all these problems go away because of DH Jose Miranda, who is batting 316 and has an 832 OPS. Next, we have their pitching. Their ace, Sonny Gray, is having a decent season with a 3.10 ERA and 1.12 whip. But it has increased, as since the break, it's now 1.93 ERA and 1.04 WHIP. However, their stars are not that deep. As Tyler Miley was just acquired, and he throws a 2.51 ERA, which is good. Less not going to help, as he's injured right now. And their number three pitcher, Joe Ryan, his ERA is 4.97. And it just declines from there. The bullpen is also not As their top five most-pitched relief pitchers have an ERA above 3.85. Next, we have the White Sox. 63-63, and 63, 500, 3rd in the AL Central, they have 4 games behind Cleveland and 1 behind Minnesota. This team definitely has enough talent to win the division, and they have the 4th easiest schedule by record left. However, their problem is staying healthy. Now firstly, they are just 1 of 5 teams with over 75 errors, something that can definitely be cleaned up. The next problem was injuries. Tim Anderson, Yohan Mankata, Yasmi Grandel, Lance Lynn, and more are injured. While the shortstop stars, Tim Anderson, was batting 301, and he's normally an elite fielder, Having an off year this season in the field and was not performing as well as he normally did. However, away from these third players, they still have some pretty good batters. Jose Abreu is batting 307, which is seventh in the league, and leading his team with 14 home runs. Sophomore Andrew Vaughn is hitting 294 and leading his team in slugging. Centerfielder Luis Robert bets 300. And the DH Elroy Jimenez has come out of nowhere, batting 373 and 555 slugging since the Ulster break. Now, while their pitching can be improved upon, Dylan Cease has improved miles. He has thrown 182 strikeouts, which is 5th in the league. He is 12-6 and, and has the 5th best ERA in the league with 2.27. The number 2 pitcher is Lucas Gelito. Now his ERA is 5.14 and a whip of 1.50. And unfortunately has not gone better since the All-Star break, as, as since then it's 6.29 and the whip is 1.75. Now their 3rd and their 4th pitchers are both hurt. Their relief pitching is decent, led by Kendall Graveman. And, of course, they have Liam Hendricks, who's a solid, who's a solid closer. Next, we have fourth in the AL Central, Kansas City Royals. The Royals are 51-76 and 76 and fourth in the AL Central. Now, unfortunately, the Royals have really not been playing well. Six out of their nine starters bat below 250. However, they do have some bright spots. One of those is Bobby Wood Jr., the 22-year-old shortstop, bats 254 and leads his team with 18 home runs. He also is extremely fast with 25 stolen bases. That being said, he does need to work on his fielding as his footing percentage is a bit low at 95.6% and he does have 17 errors. Veteran Salvador Perez is hitting well since the break, 2.69, and their DH Vinny Pasquantino was batting 301 but unfortunately is now hurt. The pitching definitely needs some work as their ace Brady Singer is the only pitcher that has a record over 500. Singer has been lights out since the Ulster break. He's been been 3-1 with a 1.79 ERA and a 0.9 whip. All the other starting pitchers have a 4-plus ERA. The bullpen needs a lot of rebuilding. However, Scott Barlow has been a bright spot for them. (laughs) Moving on to the Detroit Tigers. They are 48-78 and last in the AL Central. Again, this is another team that has a lot to improve upon. However, Jonathan Scope is a phenomenal fielding second baseman. And Victor Reyes has a 280 average, so not all is terrible. Next, we're moving on to the AL West. We're going to start this off with the best team in the American League, the Houston Astros. Not only are the Astros 81-46, they say to be the best, you have to beat the best. And that proves true with the Astros, as they are 38-22 against teams above 500. Houston has incredible pitching and incredible hitting. Going through the Astros lineup, almost every one of their players is a good hitter. It's impossible to pitch around anybody, and they all work well as a team. They have Jose Altuve, the best second baseman in baseball. Bets 283 and has 21 home runs. They have the best designated hitter in baseball, Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez bets 294 and has 31 home runs. He ranks top 5 in the MLB in on base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Third baseman Alex Bregman has been betting 346 with an an OPS over 1,000 since the All-Star break. Yuli Gurriel's 34 doubles are tied 5th in the league. And of course, Kyle Tucker has 22 home runs and is one of 9 players with over 80 RBI. Houston has a dangerous balanced lineup that's a pitcher's nightmare. Moving on to their pitching, it's just as good as their hitting, if not better. They have debatably the best pitcher in baseball. Justin Verlander is going through opposing teams' lineups with ease. His 1.87 ERA leads the league, and his team is 16 and 3 when he pitches. But it's not just Verlander. Their number two starting pitcher Framber Valdez is 13 and 4 with a 2.63 ERA and a 1.13 win second in the AL West is the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners currently have the longest playoff drought in the MLB. They haven't made the playoffs since 2001. However, this could just be their year. Not only are they in playoff position at the five seed, but they have the easiest remaining schedule in baseball. The team just have solid batting and good pitching. However, they have the best fielding in the league, ranking first in MLB fielding percentage. Their batting is led by Julio Rodriguez. Not only is Rodriguez a good fielder, but he's batting .267 and, 20 home, and has hit 20 home runs. Leading his team in OPS and slugging. The first baseman, Ty France, has a 276 average, but has hit 178 since the Ulster break. But third baseman, Iguana Suarez, has 23 home runs, and Adam Frazier has been playing well since the break, batting 269. Their number 1, 2, and 3 pitchers all have 119 plus strikeouts. They just got Luis Castillo at the deadline. They have Robbie Ray, who has a whopping 173 strikeouts, and a good bullpen. Next, we have the Texas Rangers, third in the AL West. They are under 500 at 50 and 67, and they have things they're doing well and things they can improve upon. First baseman Nathaniel Lowe has been on fire, batting 298 for the season and 362 since the All Star break. Marcus Simeon, Lowe, Corey Seeger, and Adolis Garcia all have 20 plus home runs. That being said, they are in the bottom five in fielding percentage, so they have something to work towards. Their ace pitcher, John Gray, got hurt, but Martin Perez has been playing better, and he's going to take control of the ace spot. <laughs> Next, we have the Los Angeles Angels. They are 54-73. and 73. Shohei Otani. The incredible two-way player is batting two sixty and has 75 RBIs and 27 home runs. He doubles as the team's ace with a 1.06 whip and a 2.67 ERA, not to mention he's seventh in the league in strikeouts. Outside from Shohei, the team is struggling batting. Mike Trout's amazing, but only when he's healthy. He was batting .268 and had 27 home runs in 87 games. But he hasn't seen the field, and as a result, the team has been harmed. Jared Walsh has been struggling, batting .155 since the break. Their bullpen definitely needs improvement. Ryan Tampara is struggling a bit with a 3.8 ERA. And our last team is the Oakland A's. The A's are in a state of rebuild, last in the AL West, with a record of 46-81. and They have the lowest win percentage in the American League. However, as I said before, even though the team may not be doing so well, there's always bright spots. One of these is the catcher, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy won the Golden Glove last year, and it looks like he's on pace for it again. The catcher is good defensively, as well as batting .254 in offense and knocking 16 home runs out of the park. Since the ulcer break, he's also batting even better at two hundred and eighty seven. The second baseman, Tony Kemp, has also been batting .270. Unfortunately, the rest of their batters haven't been playing as well as they would hoped, and the pitching situation is similar to the batting situation. Corvin has put together a solid season, but outside of that, the pitchers on the A's have a lot of room for improvement. Frankie Montes of course, pitched well to them, but he was traded away to the Yankees, and they did get some prospects. Now that I've finished talking about all the teams, we're going to talk about my some of my predictions. Number one seed in the American League will be the Houston Astros. They're the most talented on both sides of the ball, and they do not have any flaws. Number two seed, we have the Yankees. I do think they could hold on to the division. Whoever wins the AL East will most likely be second. As the Yankees are 11 games above the winner of the Central Division, the Guardians, the current leader of the AL Central, the Guardians, will be the 3-seed. It is possible that the White Sox sneak up there, and you have to be aware of that. However, they are very injured, and I do think the Guardians will hold on with with their star pitching and amazing hitting. Now, the first wild card in the 4-seed will most likely go to the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays' hitting is frankly unreal, and I think will eventually overtake the Mariners, who are half a game above them. That being said, I have the Mariners at the 5-seed and the Rays at the 6-seed. The Rays are a very talented team. However, they do have the second hardest schedule remaining, and I don't know if they can maintain that four seed spot for Wild Card Weekend. The three seed plays the six seed, and the four seed plays the five seed. That would mean the Guardians would play the Rays, and the Blue Jays would play the Mariners. I believe that the Blue Jays will beat the Mariners. I think that they're more talented, and I think that even though the Mariners may have a better record at the time, the Blue Jays do play against tougher opponents as they're in a harder division. Next, we have the Guardians in the Rays. Now, these are, pretty, these are two very evenly matched teams. However, I do think the Rays' amazing pitching gives them a slight edge, and I'll take the Rays. Moving on, we have the Yankees versus the Rays, and the Blue Jays versus the Astros. Now, I think the Astros will destroy the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, as I said before, they're a good team, but the Astros are on a completely another level. Next, we have the Yankees and the Rays. If the series went on right now, I would probably take the Rays. But I have faith in the Yankees to get to the level they were earlier in the season. As they start to get healthy and they get their players back, I think they'll become a better team, and I think they'll beat the Rays. Moving on to the American League Championship Series, the Yankees versus the Astros, I have to take the Houston Astros. Even though it pains me as a Yankees fan, the Astros are more of a complete team. Their hitting is unreal, and so is their pitching. Thanks for listening. This was Sports IQ with Michael Scott. Remember to tell your friends and family so we can help grow the Sports IQ community. Coming soon, we have a rundown on all the National League MLB teams. This was Sports IQ with Michael Scott.